in 2005, <laughs> I had just been working here for about two years, and I had the opportunity to go down to Atlanta. And I went to Atlanta for a national youth leaders convention that was being hosted there. And there was about uh, somewhere between two and 4,000 people that were attending this, this, uh, this event. And uh, I went down there thinking, this is going to be great. I went down with two of my friends, and I thought, yeah, we're going to have a good time together uh, doing, doing this conference together. And I got there and uh, thinking, I'm going to learn a lot about youth ministry. And we got there, and what ended up happening for me was, was actually something really significant. Because I encountered worship like I, haven't encountered, like I hadn't encountered for a long time in that setting. And I'm, and I'm not minimizing the worship that we do here at church. But there was something really significant that happened when I got into a room of about 3,000 youth workers. They were, we were all connected. We had the same kind of stuff that we did on a day-to-day basis. We, we cared about very similar things. And we got together... And that first uh, strum of the guitar or the, the notes on the piano, when, when our worship time started, suddenly there was this connection that we all felt, and there was this time of worship that, for me, was incredibly significant. Because as I got together, I knew that I was connecting with people that were on pretty much the same wavelength that I was. And that doesn't minimize what what we do here. It's, it was just, for me, that experience was really significant. I remember sitting at one point, um, and, and the worship leader was leading a song that I had sung uh, many times before, and I found myself just completely uh, unable to sing, sitting down, and just, just overwhelmed by the goodness of God. Why do I tell you this story? I think it's important for us to understand that when, when we think about worship, and when we think about the idea of fellowship together, that there is something that is really cool that happens when we fellowship, and I'm going to say worship is a part of fellowship, when we fellowship together, we are able to actually be built up. There's something amazing that happens. Uh, We have the word fellowship in our name, Evangelical Fellowship Church. And when we first started attending here back in 1996, uh, Karen and I, it was often referred to, do you go to the church on Ma- the EMC on Main Street or do you go to the, the Fellowship Church? The, the Main Street Church or the Fellowship Church? And we said we would go to the Fellowship Church. And we were, we were wondering, like, I never really gave it a lot of thought until we started thinking about what, what our church was all about. And we started realizing that one of the things that really connected with us was the fact that, that we actually wanted to, um, that we, we noticed that the church really liked being together. Like, there was this kind of family atmosphere that, that was here when we walked in, and we loved that. We, we really connected with that. There was a group of people that we connected with, and so for us, that idea of fellowship became something really significant. Well, it's interesting, we just read in Acts chapter 4, or Acts chapter 2, um, this idea of the early church, and they talk about the idea that they devoted themselves to teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Uh, we often were... Um, and it's, it's slowed down a little bit with this, all this COVID stuff. We were the, kind of a, a potluck kind of a church where we would get together and we would have really fantastic potlucks. And I think that potlucks is something that we're kind of, is maybe changing in the, in the uh, modern age. Uh, maybe we're not quite as uh, good at it as we used to be. 
Um, but this idea of being able to share food together, to be able to spend time together and actually really engage with each other is something that has been a part of our church. And when we look at Acts chapter 2, that's actually something that was really important for them. The idea that they were together, that they, that they did life together. This idea in Acts chapter 2 talks about a word, uh, a, a gr- Greek word, koinonia. And koinonia is a, a state of being and a state of of, and, and it's also an activity. Jack Cottrell, uh, Cottrell says this in his book, uh, The Faith Once for All, says this, The second believer-to-believer purpose in our assemblies is, to fel- is fellowship. This is the fam- familiar word koinonia, which refers to a relationship of togetherness amongst individuals. A close, positive association, a sharing, a partnership, a common participation in something. The fellowship Christians have with one another is both a state is both a state and an activity. Because we all have the same fellowship with God through Jesus Christ, we have fellowship with one another. This is a state of being, a common identity and an equal participation in the blessings of salvation shared with all Christians, even those we will never meet and know on this earth. So it's an, it's, a, it's an idea that koinonia, this idea of fellowship, is actually something that is a state of being for all of us. We actually have the opportunity to be in fellowship with, with people around the, around the world. Uh, we are part of a, of a conference of churches uh, with about 5,000 members, I think is uh, what we've sometimes been said. It's probably up or down. I'm not sure Gerald could probably give me the, the correct answer, but... Um, we have, we have a, a, a number of churches all across Canada that we are a part of a conference together with. We can have fellowship with them even though we don't know them. Why? Because we share together the same belief. We share the same salvation. We share the same understanding of who God is and the same priorities. And we have an opportunity to participate with them as we participate with many other churches, the other churches in our community, uh, the ones who... Uh, the other believers around the world, we get to participate with them and to be in fellowship with them because each one of us has the opportunity to have fellowship with God. That, that wonderful relation, that, that state of being in relationship with God actually allows us to be in relationship and with a state of, of belonging with a group of people that's far wider than we can even understand. And that's this idea of it being a state of being. He goes on and says this, But fellowship is also an activity. The early Christians devoted themselves to fellowship. This is something that we do with and for our fellow believers. And and it is one reason why we assemble together. It is important that we see our Christian assemblies as fulfilling this purpose. We understand that, that when we get together, the reason we get together, and I know this year has been one of those years where we've said, if only we could just all be together. Why is that important? Because we actually have the opportunity to develop relationships and and connections with people as we meet together. Being on our own is actually, we're missing out a significant portion of what God wants for us. And so for us to be able to, to see fellowship as something that we do together, it's actually important that when people come to worship together, that they have relationships with other people that they're worshiping with. When it comes to this idea of, of fellowship being a state of being, uh, John 17, as was read, 
uh, really focuses this idea that we are, we are called to this, to this same understanding of salvation. We actively participate in the relational aspects of the church. Uh, we, we have opportunities to participate in the, in the functions of the church, in the, in the events of the church. Why? It's not just because we want, to, we want to increase your social calendar. That's not the idea. But as we develop more opportunities for us to engage with each other, we actually build relationships that allow us to be able to, to grow in our understanding. We, the challenge of fellowship is to allow ourselves... Um, is our, to allow ourselves to be known by, by each other. Um, it's interesting. Uh, when it comes to relationships, uh, if we want to be known by, by others, it actually requires work on our part. Um, if, I, if, I, if you come up to me and say, hey, Mo, how are you doing? And every day I answer the same way. I'm doing good. Will you know anything about me? Will you, will you know anything really about me? Probably, probably not a lot. We can probably stay on fairly superficial kind of understandings uh, for a long time. If, however, I'm having a bit of a great day, and you ask me, how are you doing? And I say, I'm having a great day. And you say, why? And I tell you why I'm having a great day. Suddenly, you know something about me. In order for me to do that, it takes a certain amount of vulnerability. Because what if the other person doesn't get as excited about the things that I do? Uh, what if I say, I'm having a great day because I finally got my guitar tuned up and it's working just awesome and I, I was really excited about this thing that I was doing and you look at me and like, who cares? And walk away. I say, uh, I don't necessarily want to be vulnerable with you anymore and so I, I pull back in a relationship. So one of the things that's important for us when we see this idea of, of it being an activity of, of relationship is that we actually need to take the step of being vulnerable with each other and being honest and authentic with each other. Authentic community is something where honesty and vulnerability are present. And I know that this is hard because we have grown up in a culture that has for some of us, has told us that make sure that other people don't see my struggle. We've grown up in a culture that says, I need to show that I am strong. Uh, we've grown up in a culture that, that struggles with this idea of vulnerability because vulnerability is weakness, is what the world kind of believes. And we have an opportunity to actually change that around here because actually I believe that vulnerability and authenticity is actually what is going to make us stronger. So I'd like to introduce three key principles, three things that fellowship unlocks. And these are, these are kind of the three, three points that I want us to look at for the next little while. The first one is, the, is this key. Fellowship unlocks discipleship. In the modern world, information is key. The more you know, the better things are. The more you know, the the better opportunity of getting a good job. The more you know, um, everything just seems to go better for you. I think sometimes we have thought that discipleship is, is primarily about the more you know. 
And it's easy for us to focus on that because it's something that's really, it's actually, it's, it's measurable. I can do, I can go to Bible college and I'm, uh, Bible colleges are wonderful, but I can go to Bible college and I can, I can get 100% on a Bible quiz and I can walk away feeling like it's measurable, I'm doing a good job. The understanding, though, that I would have is that discipleship actually requires more than just an understanding of knowledge. Look at the way that Jesus did discipleship. It was life-on-life learning as they were going. I I love that, that idea, that as they were going, they were learning together what it means to be more like Jesus. Relationships with others is one of the keys to becoming more like Jesus. Because I can learn an awful lot of material by reading a book. But one of the things that I can... One of the things that is really important for us to know is that, is that as I look to other people and as I look to the way that other people are choosing to follow Jesus, I begin to learn what it looks like in practical ways to live out my faith. Encountering Jesus with flesh on is important. When I was in, in high school, when I was in high school, there was a group of guys that, um, that actually stepped up for, in, in my life. Um, they were a group of guys that I met in different, uh, through a different uh, situation. Uh, we were part of a group called the Christian Students Club. And it was about that time when I was in high school that we started something called See You at the Pole. See you at the poll was a, a prayer, a prayer event that happened one day, one day a year, and it was it was this idea that all the Christian students would gather in front of the flagpole and around the flagpole, and they would pray for their schools. They would pray for, um, they would pray for the the teachers. They would pray for the students. They would pray that God's name would be lifted up uh, around the world. And uh, one of the things that that happened there was that was exciting was was the fact that um, uh, was the fact that <laughs> that we were actually able to identify who the other Christian students were but these these small group of friends and there was like three or four of them uh, they actually uh, they actually decided they said you know what if we really believe that prayer is important we're actually going to do this regularly not just one day a year and so those guys met throughout my entire grade 12 year they met every day, pretty much every morning, around the flagpole and prayed for our school. And I'll be honest, at that point, I was at a place where life, life as a Christian was pretty good for me. Uh, I, was a, I was a pastor's kid, and so I understood all. I could answer a lot of the church questions. I could, I could follow and figure out a lot of the stuff that was going on uh, when it came to following Jesus. But I have to admit that the decision to actually be real and honest about my faith wasn't there. And these guys challenged me. As I watched them step up and take that step of obedience in what they believed they needed to do, they invited me to come into that, and I ended up meeting with them and going and joining them as often as I could um, before school to pray together. 
Those guys challenged my faith, and watching them step up in their faith actually caused me to become more like Jesus. And for me, I will always look back on that, that, that time and that group of guys, even though I have no, really no relationship with, with any of them to speak of at this point. Um, those guys made a significant effect on my life. You can learn many things on your own, but discipleship, I'm convinced, requires authentic community. So the key number two, fellowship unlocks accountability. Accountability without relationship is almost impossible. We talk of this, uh, this idea about being, making sure that we're accountable, that, that people hold each other accountable in, in, uh, in our lives so that we can f- do the best that we can to follow Jesus and to maintain, uh, maintain our our focus on, on holiness. How can I be held accountable without inviting people into relationship? How can you see the things that I'm struggling with and the things that I need to change in my life if you don't have a relationship with me? In order for, for accountability to actually happen, we need to know each other. Now, taking correction and criticism from people that I don't know is not usually helpful. My response in that situation is often, well, you don't know me. That's exactly the point. Accountability without relationship is actually not very helpful. And the world, uh, this happens actually all the time on social media. I don't know if you notice this, but, but someone will say something. They won't really have any relationship with, with the person, but they'll find a way to criticize the things that that person is saying. Right? So someone comes out and makes a statement has no idea the context behind the situation, no idea what's going on in their own heart, no idea with the idea of what, what is important. And what ends up happening is someone replies on there and just destroys them. Or, or steps up and takes, takes what they've said completely the wrong way. Uh, it's, it's something that happens regularly on social media. We have this idea that sometimes we, we think, we've thought that it's actually okay for us to be the people who hold other people accountable without having any relationship with them. And for me, the understanding of accountability is actually that, we need, that there needs to be a relationship that happens. The world has almost abandoned the idea of welcomed accountability in relationship. When mutual accountability happens in the context of relationship, we can accept the criticism and, and we can actually work at changing and aligning ourselves to be more like Christ. When we have someone that has walked with us in situations, in a relationship, when we, when we know that they follow Jesus and they love the Lord, and they come to us and they say, I have some concerns about the way that you're living, I can respond to that. Sure, I may be hurt in the moment, but I can also look and say, I can trust that this person has my best uh, in, at, their, at, at heart. And we can actually choose to accept that. We can see beyond just the externals of people and see the real needs and the challenges that they face. And for us, I think the idea that, that we are able to be accountable in relationship can actually be something that can actually be freeing. I think so much of our life is often spent trying to hide who we are so that because there's this idea that if someone would actually know who we are, they actually wouldn't, they wouldn't like us. But I'm convinced that as we become more authentic and more real with the people around us, 
people will actually be drawn to that because there is something amazing about someone who approaches you with honesty and authenticity. The third key is this. Fellowship unlocks effective mission. We have to realize that, that it's not just about us, but actually fellowship, the idea of, this, of sharing together with, with others this understanding of salvation, sharing together with others the, the understanding of that we actually participate in, in, in life together, actually will help us to be more effective in the way that we do mission. Fellowship within the body helps us to unlock our giftings. It helps us to unlock the passions that help to build the church. As I begin to understand and see things that other people are good at, as we begin to understand the passions that each one of us shares, as we begin to see uh, uh, gifts and abilities, we begin to be able to work together to accomplish things that we just can't do on our own. There's the, the idea is that that I, I, as a pastor, together with Ernie, if we're, if we're working and trying to accomplish everything on our own, uh, we will probably stay in one lane pretty much all the time. And we will probably not venture out into a lot of different areas because we have the way that we work. But as we begin to see each other and the opportunities that we have to work together as a, as a congregation, now what we can do is we can actually have people going in multiple di- directions on the same path but heading out in different directions to be, to be able to have a more effective witness. Relationship, relationships are the bridges that carry the good news of the message and the message of Jesus. This is something that was drilled into me over and over and over again when I worked with Youth for Christ. We talked all the time with our volunteers we would have volunteers who would come and say, I feel discouraged. It's been three weeks and I haven't had a chance to share the gospel. And we would remind them, before you can share the gospel, there needs to be a strong bridge of relationship. And so for us at the drop-in, that meant going and playing basketball together. That meant playing a game of pool together. That meant sitting down and having a, a Coke together. It meant... Uh, standing outside with our with with the the people who were working or with with the students that came there, even if they were having a cigarette outside, we would stand outside there with them and we would um, enjoy that the secondhand uh, cigarette with them, um, because we wanted to be able to build relationship and connection with the people that we cared about. I remember one time. I had been working at Youth for Christ uh, for about a year, a year and a half. And there was a young man who I had spent a lot of evenings together with. We had played a lot of pool together. I'd stood outside with him a long time, but I've never really had a significant conversation with him about anything of substance. And he came up to me one day in the evening and he said to me, he said this to me, Mo, you've been here for a year. I've watched you for about a year now. I finally think that I can trust you. Can we talk? And we went and sat down, and he shared with me all about the struggles that were going on in his family and the relationship difficulties that he was having. He would not have done that with someone who was just there for, for two days. 
As we build relationship with others, as we build those bridges, we now have the opportunity to share the good news. We have the opportunity to share this great message of Jesus Christ and that people can have that relationship, that fellowship with God. Pastor Ernie has often said, and you can probably quote it with me, your job is your, right, your job is your fob. And what he was saying is, it's like that fob that's on your key ring for some of you who go to your job, and you just have to hit that fob and then you can walk into the door. And that is absolutely true. Our jobs are the keys to getting us into those situations. And I want to build on that one step farther. Relationship is the work that we do when we get into that door. Each one of us has been given the opportunity to have relationships with people that other people don't. As we invest in those relationships and as we build those bridges, we are now able to share the good news with others. Your vocation may get you access to a group of people that you otherwise wouldn't have access to, but relationship is what's going to give you a voice in their life. So let's take your job as your fob and build on it. We've heard that over and over. Now let's take the next step and let's build relationship with the people that we've had the door open to with the idea that we have the opportunity to share the good news with them. As we finish up, there's a couple of questions that I want us to look at. And the first question is this. And I realize I mean, this is a feeling question. I know for some of you, feeling, it's, it's like, well, Mo, it's not about feeling, it's about knowing. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to push back a little bit on that, and I'm going to say, actually, it's important that we also feel. Um, but do you know, and you can insert know and feel in there together, but do I feel relationally connected with God? And, and you can ask that question for yourself. As I sit here this morning, whether it's on the... It's downstairs, or whether it's up here, or whether it's um, whether you're watching on your on your couch. Uh, do I feel connected with God? Do I share that fellowship with Him, uh, that vertical relationship between between God and myself? Do I feel that sense of fellowship with Him? And if your answer is no, here's. Here's a question, another follow-up question, um, and this is not on the screen, but it's, it's what, am, what are you doing, what are we doing to develop that connection? Because for me, I find that often in those times where I feel like I'm not connected with God, it's in those places where I have also not done a whole lot to, of investment in my relationship with Him. And so as I take time to, to spend more time reading His Word, to take more time to pray, to take more time to, to work together with others, to fellowship with others, to be able to serve together with others, that's when, for me, that relationship with God becomes, becomes more rich. The second question is this. Do I feel relationally connected with others that are part of this faith community? Now, maybe some of you have just started attending in the last little while. Um, this year has been a struggle to connect relationally with people. It's been difficult. Um, I think of my parents who are here this morning, who have moved here in since in, they moved in here in September. Um, basically, the entire time we've been told that we need to stay in our house, and so for them to be able to meet new people has been difficult. Uh, and yet, it's it's an opportunity for us. Yeah, I, I can share a, 
I feel like I've finally gone full circle because I shared a story about my parents. It was always my dad sharing stories about me. So now we're, now we're even when he was pastoring. So, uh, but, but for a lot of us, it's, it's, this year has been really difficult to develop this idea of relational connectedness. And yet, and yet, I had a birthday a while back, and my wife surprised me by having people drive through the back lane and wish me a happy birthday. That was incredible. It was wonderful for me to be able to have, to be able to have these people go out of their way to drive past my house just to say hello to me and to, to welcome me into, or into the 45 Club. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was, it was fantastic. And to be able to know that I have that connection, uh, if, if we're feeling that place where we're not connecting... I think it's also important for us to continue to ask that question, are we investing relationally in, in others? Are we making ourselves available to actually build relationships with other people within our, within our uh, church community? The, four, the third question is this, do I allow people to really know me, like really know me? And lastly, do I use my relationship as bridges to share the good news of Jesus? I'd invite you to think about those questions and to be able to work through those questions in the next little while and, um, and just kind of use those as evaluation questions. I'm going to invite Leroy to come up and we're going to have a, a short little conversation. I'm not sure if he's gotten any responses this morning to our question, um, but maybe we'll have a short little discussion together and then we'll invite the worship team to come up. Father God, we are so grateful that we can have relationship with you. We are so grateful that we can have fellowship with you and to be able to share with you all of the blessings that are, are part of being known as sons and daughters of you. And we are so grateful that we have an opportunity to share that together with the people that we, that we worship together with. And I pray, God, that you would help us to be authentic and real in the relationships that we have with others. And God, I also ask that you would give us the ability to, to build bridges and not just, not just to build bridges for the sake of building bridges, but that we would actually get to the place where we would build bridges that would be strong enough for us to be able to take that step of faith and to step across that bridge and to invite people into relationship with you. God, I pray that our lives would be attractive to the people around us, and that other people would want to have what we have. And that's you, God. We love you. So we ask that you would go with us as we leave here this morning, as we head out to the things that we have for this day and for this week, would you allow us to be your witnesses around the world and around our community today and this week in the week to come? God, we love you a lot. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.